Hello and welcome to the Startup Operator Podcast. I'm Roshan Karyapa. At some point, we've all had an interesting idea or two for a consumer business. Maybe it was a snack that your grandmother made or perhaps just another t-shirt store. Today, turning that idea into a company has become somewhat simple with the whole D2C or direct-to-consumer model coming of age. Uh, we have plug-and-play logistics, technology and distribution that can help you get started in less than a weekend. But it wasn't so simple about 10 years ago when my guest on the podcast started his business. Srijit Mulayal is the co-founder of True Elements, that is a clean label food brand, which is reinventing recipes for common things like dosa and cereal with healthy ingredients. I spoke to Srijit about the founding story, the various pivots that they've had to make along the way, how they think about things like product, marketing and distribution, and various facets of the business. This is a fantastic uh, primer on how to operate a D2C model business. I hope you like it. Hey, Srijit, uh, welcome to the Startup Operator Podcast, and thank you so much for making the time. Hey, hi, Roshan. Thanks for having me. I mean, I mean having following you over Twitter and, and listening to you uh, I mean, over multiple podcasts, it's actually, and uh, thanks for having me, because the league of founders and uh, I mean, uh, uh, investors you talk to we are humble people we are not treat that no no i think so, you're being so. <laughs> i think you're being very humble by saying that yeah. and uh, you know true elements has uh, has done some fantastic work and it's a known brand also among people so you know i mean yeah. Uh, brand so, per, yeah yeah brand yes I agree but, but we are not the founder circuit so <laughs> so <laughs> we are off the hook so <laughs> right right yeah, yeah. No, I mean, as we were discussing, I think it's been a while since, uh, you know, I've spoken to D2C founders on the podcast. We had uh, Ganesh and Utkarsh, uh, who were founders of uh, Flatheads, uh, you know, way back when, when we started last year. Uh, yeah, and they've done really yeah. well afterwards. And so I'm quite yeah, looking yeah. forward to this chat. Same, maybe, same, yeah. yeah, maybe we can begin there, you know. I mean, I think 2012, 2013, when you started, D2C itself wasn't a phenomena, right? I mean, yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. Uh, you had uh, uh, people who sold on e-commerce marketplaces and, and yeah, so on yeah. and so forth. And since then, you, you've you sort of seen the evolution of how D2C has uh, happened, right? I mean, uh, mm. a lot of things have come together on the technology side, logistics side, distribution side. Uh, that makes it easy for people, I, I would say relatively easy for people to just plug and play and start a brand these days, you know. Mm-hmm. So I would love for you to take us back to those days of 2012, 2013 and how you've seen that evolution happen over the last uh, decade or so. Yeah, we would love to. For example, because we when we started, there was no DTC. We knew only two stuff. We want to build a brand and, and, and we had to be closer to consumer in the health space. That's what we were clear about. Okay. We did multiple stuff. Uh, multiple stuff in the startup world. We did multiple pivots. So first, we were a, uh, an in-between meal kiosk inside corporates. Again, you can call it DTC. We were directly we we were a retail chain, right? right. Health health snack and beverage retail chain in corporates. That was little early for the time. In 2012, 2013, the ecosystem had not developed that much. So so we were a little early. Then we wound that up and pivoted. Again, at that time, the, all the brands we were selling were third-party brands. I mean, aggregated from across India, tier two, tier three city brands we aggregated and and took it to people. That didn't go the way we thought it should have. Uh, and then we pivoted to a distribution company with those brands. Those brands didn't have a distribution presence, offline distribution presence. That's where we went next with those brands. That was where we had our biggest learning because offline distribution is is not everybody's game. So we had our hard, hard learnings with a lot of money being burned, all bootstrapped. That took another year of ours uh, from our entrepreneurial life. 
from there we had a bunch of brands were uh, which were tested but we didn't knew uh, how to reach people the most economical way and we, i myself being an hr guy in, in my corporate life i had good network of corporates so we thought let's do corporate wellness whereby let's create awareness around health and give them give the consumers these products okay that's when we moved to corporate wellness okay idea was uh, we were we were uh, managing corporate wellness for corporates there is huge business opportunity still untapped available there but what we saw there was it, we didn't see that becoming a multi million dollar huge mm-hmm. enterprise because it had its, its its challenges every year you need to renew the contract at a lower margin and every year when an hr guy go from uh, one corporate you need to reengage and renegotiate so it's a, it's a, it's a tough business but there is margin there there is there's a good opportunity untapped yet so from there we pivoted to a, a marketplace of health food healthy world dot in okay and that's where we probably uh, reached close to what we call today dtc uh, we were a marketplace but we were clear we will only sell healthy food okay mm-hmm. so so if you if you look at the uh, e-commerce uh, um, and, and evolution in india at least in the food space people were first buying stuff which were not comfortable going and asking in store they were selling i mean buying sexual wellness products they were selling uh, buying uh, protein supplements in in these marketplaces but we stuck to our core principle we will not sell anything which is not within our principle so we didn't sell those products and and it was bootstrapped running an e-commerce marketplace bootstrapped in 2014 to 16 is not the right thing to do and and that that we learned it quite early and and that's where we started uh, thinking about our own brand as a white label for our marketplace and true elements came into existence in, in 2016 end uh, as a white label brand for our marketplace and 17 is when we started treating true elements as a separate baby and giving nourishing it and then running it again so dtc again e-commerce was our first uh, first place to go because we did that for 2 3 years before that and and that also helped us in because initial leg like, was bootstrap so that also helped us in managing our working capital better okay and and what true elements stand for is again an evolution of all these three attempts okay so for example we are the only brand probably in our league where we are not entered modern trade at all okay because in our second leg of entrepreneurship we learned in in uh, offline if you enter a modern trade marketplace without the brand pull without the demand pull you will spend a lot of money so we have not entered modern trade we have gone the conventional general trade okay or when when we have a clear cut positioning in terms of what we will do what our brand stand for we are a clean label brand and for that we have been recognized world over we are the only uh, brand in the clean tech space from asia in the global five clean tech startups right so so that focus helped because we have in the food space for good not close to 10 years right now the brand is trained up years old but learning is good 10 years old as to what won't work what we are currently learning is what might work okay so Amazing. we have a lot of learnings of what won't work the the last four years is what closer to what is little bit working right that's in in summary journey and and and, and a story of resilience of running uh, we have not raised much in comparison to the revenue run rate startup we we consider our peers to be that we have right. so so that comes with lot of opportunities and challenges right when you are when you are out in in, in let's say in, in amazon or when you are bidding for the same keyword in google okay when when i'm the money i can spend or the cac i can go behind is not is not in comparison with peers yeah but but we managed a way to uh, do that right 
wonderful that, that, i mean it's uh, it's really a story of perseverance i, sh- I should say right because most people try to dip their toes in the water and then you know if it's if it's conducive enough uh, they they just commit to it but then i mean not a lot of them stay for the pivots and try to make this work across uh, multiple years right and you've done it for 10 years that's uh, really fantastic so along the way i mean you know something you said was very interesting which is that you realize that the the marketplace one was not a multi million dollar business or or even the kiosk one for 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 that matter right and so what was your motivations for starting a business i mean what do you have in mind when you said that hey i mean let's start this business right and how big did you think it'll uh, turn out to be and because i mean it it influences it influences everything else right i mean it influences uh, the fact that you know you're bootstrapped versus you know what products you'll go after what market you'll go after uh, how much you'll spend for example on your customers uh, uh, and acquiring them and so on right so um yeah i mean i wonder if you could talk talk to us about uh, you know yeah, your just, motivations so currently we are not bootstrapped for two right. elements we have raised money but earlier learnings of yeah. three pivots are all bootstrapped okay now coming back to why did we start so actually uh, supuru and myself uh, my co-founder puru and myself shortlisted the health as an area which was more driven by family uh, um, puru lost his uh, dad to a, a stage, late stage cancer and i lost my father in law for a lifestyle issue so if you understand and we both are related okay so and in during when such instances happen your family health is the topic of all your all your meal tables all your social gatherings health is a topic so that's when this health and food and we fundamentally when we research and again i had a short stint in china so what we realized again chinese people eat the right food at the right time cooked at the right way we do all the three ultra right like eh. so so what we realized is health is 80% food and rest 20 is what fitness and all those kind of stuff so what is it we can do at the 80% that's where our food journey started and then when we started we didn't have anything called clean what true element stands for today it didn't exist right so but that's a journey and we we we, we realized that there's a huge potential of having a clean label packaged food and that's how we reached here but our our space is same since like for example i'll just give you for example we have a today we got one of our product pgm fmcg's uh, food uh, product of the year award right chocolate granola when we were developing that product okay chocolate uh, taste comes from the cocoa fat uh, which which puts in it i don't know whether you coming from uh, the, the that part of karnataka where the lot of cocoa is is grown right you would probably know that cocoa fat is what it gives you that taste but we being a brand which started with health as a pedigree and we still believe in it we cannot add cocoa fat that saturated fat then it's a tough journey to launch a cocoa based product without cocoa fat right so there are people who call us stupid for the tough calls we took like when we were doing an e-commerce marketplace we didn't sell protein supplements we didn't sell sexual wellness if we would have done that we could have probably done better in our e-commerce marketplace right but today there were investors who told us that you have taken a very high moral moral standard that you will not add sugar you will not add processed grain or seeds or chemical anything right or as as simple as chocolate we could have put just chocolate we couldn't we didn't right so can you sustain and build a huge brand with such high moral standard i think we are proving them wrong the the journey we have had in last four years we are proving them wrong so probably we are couple of months away from an 100 arr monthly run rate so we still continue to maintain those high standards which are supposed to be a little tough to crack but yeah yeah so so the reason because of which we came into this business uh, motivates us to go behind those excellent
And, you know, when you talk about clean food, when you talk about health and and so on, right? I mean, it, it, there's a whole gamut of things. There's things across the spectrum, right? How do you iterate and validate your product niche? I mean, your niche is breakfast and snacks. Yeah. The the 9 a.m. and the 5 p.m. is yeah, what you yeah. go after, right? So how we do you... We call it 8, 11, 5. So 8, 11, 5. 11 o'clock, 5 o'clock. Anything which can be consumed in these three time occasions is what we be. Right. So how do, you, how do you identify that niche and how do you validate it? So for us, any packaged food currently out there is an opportunity. Okay. Now, for example, when you look at when we when, when we look at our uh, families, whenever a person talks about food, don't take uh, outside food or don't take packaged food. Packaged food is a villain. Why it should be like that, right? For example, we have a complete clarity when we have a home cooked meal as to what did the raw material uh, look like before cooking. How uh, what did we do with that 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 raw material? So we know that. Can we give that information for each packaged food? One. Second, can we also not tinker too much with the raw materials in the packaged food? So any packaged food is an opportunity. Then we we keep looking for, for example, let me just give you a product which we recently launched, being uh, South Indian and humid product, dosa, right? Dosa is a staple food across across at least right. South and 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 it's it's becoming an across India breakfast food, right? Now. Fresh dosa is a, is, a, is, a, is a cleanest, right? We paste it at home and then fresh. But when you look at an instant dosa, let's say a dosa which is consumed uh, occasionally, a household where you don't eat dosa every day, you don't make a batter or you don't make, let's say you don't buy an ID because ID batter, if you buy that packet, you need to consume and finish it in two days. But if you are a household where you don't have dosa really every day, the only option available out there is a powder which is, in, which is mixed with water and you make dosa out of it. But that powder... For, for a common person, it's, 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 it's a healthy dosa, but it isn't, right? To make that dosa instant, they add vegetable fat in it. To make the dosa, let's say, give you that fluffy feeling, they add baking powder in it, okay? Those are no-go areas for us as a brand. You know, vegetable fat, saturated fat, um, and baking powder is a mix of monocalcium, phosphate, and, and sodium bicarbonate. It's a no-go for us. So we look at how do we remove these two and still give you the same fluffy dosa with, with that a sizzling sound when you're putting it on tawa. That's an opportunity. We have cracked it, right? Ours is pure grains and mix and then seed, which gives you the same same solution. Okay. Now, when we had that, why can't we use the same technology in a pancake? Pancake is, is, is actually not possible without baking soda, is what the world says. We have re-engineered it. Okay. So what we're trying to look at is, can we get any packaged food with convenience without any non-food in it? Whatever we put in it will be a food which you and I can relate. Right? Ingredient will be will not be a chemistry uh, laboratory kind of an ingredient. It will be pure play ingredient. It is food. Right. So that that's actually huge. We are restricting ourselves in not going beyond this eight eleven five because we can go anywhere. Right. With that definition, we can go anywhere. This episode is brought to you by Mulia. You want to move fast, sure, but without breaking things. Now that's a hard ask. The thing is, once you have some base of users and customers, you just cannot afford to risk uh, quality. So how do the likes of Cred, Swiggy and CureFit, you know, some of India's fastest growing startups, ship at lightning pace and delight their users and customers? Simple, they're working with Mulia as a strategic quality partner. Mulia is India's most talented and passionate community of testers. They've helped prevent thousands of bugs and regression issues. So as a CTO or a product owner, if you want to reduce tech debt, especially while you scale, do check out Mulia.com. 
I've interviewed uh, Mulya's founder and CEO Pradeep on the podcast earlier, and we spoke about how startups can improve quality while scaling and things to that effect. You should definitely check it out. I'll link to it in the description below. Now back to your regular programming. So, what is the process of reverse engineering some of these things? I mean, uh, if I understand correctly, Puru and you don't come from like a food processing or food science background, right? Yeah. So, is it yeah. like you know conventional jugad that uh, you know we are? It's not jugad. It's right. not jugad. For example, I'll, I'll tell you. So, last ten years we have been in food, right? right. So, when I come from a foggy background, so right. the, in an army there is a, there is a saying: even if you if you tie a donkey in infantry, after some years you will you will hit a rank. right it is same thing because we have been doing this for last 10 years in the food right and 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 it's it's pure passion and you know what uh, what are the what are the boundary we have we will not tinker too much we want to fix this problem so it is pure passion and reading and we have been blessed with team members the, the product development team which we have has been blessed they also come with similar passion and, and uh, for example this this dosa and pancake is a challenge thrown at to us by one of our mentor that you cannot make an instant dosa or this one because without baking powder you cannot make it right yeah we took an year but it is pure passion so we are not we are not trained food technologists to get into this yeah, but when you are not trained you don't have limitation of thinking you yeah. can go out and look at yeah. you can call it jugad or whatever right yeah. and, and so you don't have a restriction of thinking you don't know and right? you don't have that knowledge right. so then you look rational thinking approach yeah. and then reach solution yeah no i think it's uh, it's great to you know have that first principles approach when you're trying to do anything innovative right because then you're not weighed down by what is possible and what is not uh, and that's uh, that's usually what i've seen in fact a lot of the healthcare entrepreneurs that i've uh, had on the podcast for example don't have a medical background either but you know they see that you know there's a problem and you know they they try to solve it through first principles yeah. so so your brand and your product right it's a bit of a pull and a push i would say right because you know while people consume dosa i mean how many of them are really looking for you know healthy dosa uh, right while people consume cereals how many of them are looking for healthy cereals obviously i mean now there's a growing proportion of people who are looking for this specifically right so can you talk to us about you know how consumer preferences and their discussions have changed over the last decade itself yeah so that's again uh, thanks for learning your first startup experiment where we tried creating a kiosk inside corporates right so amount of people who are actually looking for a healthy stuff as of now we are not we are not even in any of our packaging you will not see uh, we calling out loud we are a healthy let's say healthy cereal we are a healthy dosa no we want people to buy this for its taste because what we learned in our first egg pivot or experiment days was indians we want food to be tasty the amount of people who are looking to compromise taste for health is a very minuscule we are not we are not willing to go and chase those kind of consumers but that's very minuscule so what you're trying to do is we are trying to get the tastiest a uh, product out to consumer and after they taste it can we so, uh, so when we keep talking so when we when a person is consumed let's say breakfast cereal of ours after consuming if can a hologram can uh, be projected out of the pack and show that you know what you had you had this that's the moment of Right. once we achieve that then that consumer is for ours right so what we trying to do is right now we are not selling these products for the health quotient in it we are selling uh, let's say affordable convenient tasty options which are completely healthy and 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 to the t right but that we are making consumers realize only after they buy if you look at our back of pack there is a small qr code you scan it we will give you the complete journey of each ingredient from farm for example 
from Feb from the current Rabi crop. Once, let's say, no added sugar muesli is bought by a consumer, the jowar flakes inside that. The consumer can see when was it sowed in satara and when was it harvested and what did we do with that and at each stage what are the condition of that with image which with the report we'll be able to show that right why are you doing it again again and we're not doing it at the first pitch first you buy it for the taste and we are not a, a premium brand so we want to tasty product at the affordable price and convenience so once these three is handled then we'll talk about it right so i am not necessarily you know buying a healthy dosa i'm buying yeah. just about the tastiest dosa available uh, yes. you know when i'm looking for a true elements product essentially yeah, yeah. yeah. you are you are not an id consumer where you are having every day dosa you have dosa once in a week once in once in uh, twice a week that means you need to have a powder which can be um, in, um, in rubber banded and kept in your in your shelf and take it as and when you want as right. of now there is no clean option available we are bringing that clean option right and you know to fulfill your brand promise also you've gone to the extreme of integrating backwards all the way to you know forming partnerships and associations with farmer produce organizations and so on right yeah, and yeah. sourcing it directly from them uh, truly yeah. in a farm to fork fashion can you talk to us about some of the nuances of doing that you know what does it take to do that yeah so we've been wanting to do it for last two to and a half years for two reasons one uh, obviously we want to know the complete journey of the ingredient so that we can tell confidently to our consumer yeah we know how it was handled and it is the best possible way it's been handled and grown and and then processed right that's first okay second as you are aware that the amount of margin which the middlemen take away from the whole chain from farm to um, in our factory is humongous right and obviously everybody has to make money right we need that ecosystem but right now the it's not balanced the farmers who are toiling for four months in hot sun are not getting the relief right so we were solving both the problems through this by doing a contract thing with uh, farming uh, actually we want to do it farmers but we could not get so many farmers with so much land holding okay and it was it would have been a management uh, i mean headache like for example if let's say we are right now contracted with 250 acres right now 250 acres we'll have to speak to let's say uh, roughly in, in maharashtra satara region where we are talking again purely because it's the first time we are doing it and we don't want to travel too much and we are based in pune so so landholding average landholding 2 3 acres we need to speak to so many farmers to get that that much uh, mass land to avoid that we we scouted for farming cooperative societies where farmers have come together and made the cooperative societies so contracting is easy communication is easy engaging is easy and that took uh, two years to to build a relationship and then they need to trust us right for example when we are telling that you grow this seed we will take it at the time of of, of harvesting and then we will give you this rate so they need to trust us we are not a known name uh, like a tatas or, or those in this houses to go and engage right so we have that challenge as well so yeah but but now this first like we have learned the uh, initial trick so probably probably in, in like as of now we are only going to current year we will probably uh, hit uh, 10 15% of our requirement to the farming uh, farm uh, sourcing uh, in next 2 3 years we want to bring it to roughly 50% right so 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 it is not easy but but with tech there are a lot of farm aggregatory uh, tech startups which are helping us in in connecting and reaching there also helps us in in reaching those uh, farming uh, cooperative society so but the challenge right now is so we we like we have we have few employees who are coming from conventional food organizations right they 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 treat that food companies are uh, run 
uh, with complete secrecy as to what your formulation is not told to consume to to anybody your your partner who is your vendor is not revealed outside because everybody thinks that if you tell all those somebody can bring uh, bring a similar product in no time right but we fundamentally believe in the current world i don't think secrecy is no more emote yeah. right so i have put my formulation how the product is out there in my website when you when you do a farm to fork tracking you will see the formulation how much percentage of what we are putting how we are processing now i am putting the farmer communities name and tag and everything so there is this fear among the conventional food food uh, like like entrepreneurs that aren't you revealing too much right so that is a change which 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 we are trying to address both internally and externally Excellent. that's a challenge and change you're trying to yeah so that is also the ethos of your brand right i mean i think you're you know when you say true elements i think you're really trying to pioneer a a difference in how we consume food yeah. because i mean if i look at the market pretty much everyone will say healthy everyone will say naturally sourced everyone will say all of these things but how do you differentiate you know true elements as a brand you know uh, have have you thought about it specifically as you know what you will do what you will not do and how does it aid your customer acquisition process because up until now everything you've told me is that you know it makes it very hard for you to actually put stuff together it's complex mm-hmm. challenging and stuff but what are the kind of rewards that you're seeing because of uh, you know the hard stances that you've taken so one thing when we when we have a clear cut purpose or when everybody in the organization knows as to what does what is that we are every day fighting it for like so we are we are driven by the name chance for it true right so every decision in the company is taken with that lens right like so that helps in bringing the organization together in in one place right so so end of the day uh, when it is whether it is hiring whether it is the way we do contract with our our farming cooperative societies whether the way in which we approve a raw material at post everything is done with the true and transparency out there for consumer to see okay so that solves the biggest problem of bringing everybody together under one purpose and and that also comes with huge challenges let me give you one challenge which is which is a for example we have we use cranberries in 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 our uh, let's say in, in our breakfast cereal in couple of our snacks the reason why we do cranberries again we used to do our our desi kishmish which is raisins earlier but raisins is sulfur dipped and if it is not sulfur dipped the infestation in 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 raisins becomes a problem for any any packaged food uh, manufacturer and you need to add a lot of preservatives and chemicals which we cannot so we are we, we have still not cracked the way of adding raisins after managing the dead so the easiest solution next available is cranberry okay and we use cranberry in, in quite a few product of ours but we are the only brand where you will see when we write cranberry in the ingredients we'll write cranberry sunflower oil and sugar because cranberry always comes with these three because cranberry is grown under water okay so and and it always comes with three we being a true brand we write that out there but then consumer comes and asks boss your cranberry has sugar while the other brand cranberry doesn't have sugar but how do we go and tell that boss other brand cranberry cranberry is grown in the us and it is a underwater crops and it always comes with sugar and sunflower oil but others are not telling so we have a challenge when you when we take such such standard but over a period of time consumers have started realizing that it is not that that these guys are telling but we are right now not having the privilege of going out doing a lot of uh, atl and making consumers realize this is what we stand for okay but anybody who experience our products and understand this slowly we are winning them over for life right so that means a consumer who knows this 
is 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 sold uh, out and then if you go and read our reviews in in, in amazon okay that when the day, when we have, i have low days right you go i go and read the five star reviews in two elements uh, across all the marketplace and that charge me like anything okay so as long as we are winning those consumers every day right right so i was just going to tweet sometime back one one snapshot when i was doing amazon pie today the conversion ratio which i was across we are spending with service category right so even in this tough times when when there's so much money out there among dtc brands and everybody is spending money we still have the best conversion at the lowest cost okay that means that we have built that or we are building that brand over a period of time consumers know how do we stand for we are communicating that as of now only in the back of pack not out there we are doing a lot of lot of uh, social media uh, and and but but answering your question one line that's the only way we are making consumers know it but brand building is where we are currently since probably last year or so we are putting our energy on because uh, first two and a half three years of our um, dtc journey has been purely on word of mouth and organic our marketing team under a marketing head just came in, in place in early 2021 right in the current year so right now since 8 9 months is where we are doing lot of stuff around branding so that again will compound and right probably in year and next year we would see the uh, fruit of that coming up right excellent yeah uh, i guess the the trick is to keep them coming back right and to yeah, make yeah, sure yeah. that you know it becomes sort of a habit and a lifestyle we for we have 65% repeat in amazon amazing okay so so again so so i'll do so we do this annual exercise so we look at uh, our so there are consumers so last year when we did the exercise puru and realize there are consumers who buy more often than us as founders two elements like for example i buy once a month there are consumers who bought in amazon month uh, last year 20 times in last year or 20 25 times and it's not one or two consumers we have hundreds of those consumers right so Amazing. they give us jealousy they have bought more than you right <laughs> so <laughs> Uh, yeah, so so we need to have so many uh, such fans out there uh, who will obviously talk about us more often right right and i feel like you know engineering that word of mouth is really what will uh, sustain any of these uh, brands and businesses right so uh, one of the things that we often hear about d2c brands is that it's very difficult to scale i mean you can can get to a certain size in revenue but beyond that you know going from let's say 10 to 50 or 50 to 100 and beyond right uh, 100 500 crores and so on it becomes very very difficult because it's not a bits and bytes business it's like a atoms and molecules business yeah, right i mean yeah, you're actually yeah, moving yeah, physical things yeah. from one place to another and yeah. there are various intricacies and challenges involved in that so have you thought of those things i mean in terms of scale like you know what you will do at a certain particular scale and how you will automate things or you know how you will set yourself up at that particular scale so i think one thing which probably any uh, any entrepreneur who have had multiple attempts uh, would would realize is in in consumer business you need to have the patience right you cannot go like let's say you raise uh, a few million dollars and you decide now tomorrow i'll go and be present in 25000 stores you might be able to present be present 25000 stores but off take will not happen at that pace and if you mm. pump money to create that demand you need to and before the brand actually get registered in the mind of people if you pump and do it you will you will do it at a very high high expense right so that means first you need to have the patience right you need a for example again so probably again another thing that we probably are the brand among this where we have uh, probably in terms of revenue percentage from our own website is not the best right there are there are brands who are building let's say there are consumer food brands who have got 50% of the revenue coming from their own website that comes at which very very high cost that means 
I'll be fighting with an Amazon and Instamart, Zepto, yeah. uh, uh, everybody in Google to get that consumer, right? And that will come at very high cost. And Amazon can do it because Amazon is acquiring their consumer not only for food; it's acquiring for a hundred other stuff, right? So we fundamentally believe you should not go behind the, the, the trends which keeps evolving every every twelve to eighteen months, right? The current trend is your D two C business in your website has to be fifty percent. Who tells you that? Like it's up upon you to decide, right? For example, we can build fifty percent revenue in our business, but it will come at a very high cost, right? And there is we we believe consumers are not there not there forever. Right, every consumer will have lifetime value. Is not like lifetime of the consumer. Right, it it we believe eighteen months is a practical or 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 we spend in a way after eighteen months this consumer might go away. Right, so it's good that not everybody will go away. But if you look at that angle, you don't go and spend and acquire consumers as if there is no tomorrow. Right, so fundamentally, last year we are pat positive at our annual revenue. Right, so. So when you when you when you have the time and when you that's why the another reason I told you that we are not entered modern trade. We are only there right now close to ten thousand general trade stores across tier one cities, right? So so if you have the patience and don't go by the trends. Now suddenly there is this ratio which is the which is the buzzword. Everybody want to become a, let's say fifty lakh to one crore one and a half crore a business in in twelve to eighteen months and be ratio ready, right? Yeah, there are there are founders who want to go that route, right? We didn't come, or we are not building for that group per se, right? We are building a a brand, and then we'll patiently build it, right? With with unit economics in place, so that we are not we are not worried about when is the next funding coming, and otherwise you're going to you're going to struggle, right? We are not in that we are not in that that stress. Yeah, but obviously, if you have more money, you'll be able to scale a little more faster. Which which is obviously we are not we are not like uh, content and with less hunger. No, we want to grow. Uh, at least uh, 150% every year but not at the cost of burning a lot of money so when right. you have that realistic expectation then it is not difficult right i was going to ask you about you know advice for building a sustainable d2c business but i guess you mean you've you've already touched upon a few things on that front uh, anything else that you would like to add i mean if there's someone who's listening out there and Incidentally, everyone has a few bright ideas, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, uh, either yeah. you want to turn your mother's recipe into something that you can, yeah, you know, yeah. package and sell, or I mean, you see something that's missing uh, and you want to do it, right? So, for people like that who are listening to the podcast, what are some best ways to get started in the D two C business, and what to keep in mind? You set your pace. For example, everybody cannot be a zipper, right? In six months, one year, you cannot be a billion dollar company. In D two C in India, uh, I let me not tell you it's not possible. i don't know how it's done okay dtc in india okay so if you are here to create a huge valuation business in 12 months then probably there are there are businesses where you can do that right in this if you want to do that you need to spend a lot of money that means that means you are you are not at at freedom to to make mistakes right initially you will have to make mistakes and the price of that making mistakes can't be humongous that you get you get shit scared to come back and start again right so so have that patience and give yourself at least 18 months before you hurry in okay and initially if you can have then there are there are there are dtcs who are uh, uh, raising money from day zero right uh, and and when you are having that pressure from day zero i don't know whether you have whether you'll be able to do so many mistakes which we could do right so so we learned more but but that doesn't mean that like, like there are billion dollar companies made in 18 months they are, they are stupid they are the smartest people but everybody has their own course so you decide what are you in it for 
okay and then if you are in it for in a dtc conventional brand okay give yourself time and and food is sold on taste okay and and every month every month how much ever i we boast of our brand every month i have to make 40 i mean roughly 400000 pieces and ship it as of now right and and every month i need to get those consumer homes this product has to reach there only then the revenue come in it is not like a saas it is not like like you build a product and then that hockey comes in it doesn't happen in consumer it happens in consumer but it happens at much much late stage for example 100 crore revenues were hit by companies at 8 years 9 years 10 years now it is reached 4 5 years right so so that patience is required when you are starting dtc have that patience if not then you need to be something completely different or choose some other space to start up if you don't have that patience right covid changed things fundamentally for many different businesses but yeah. more so for your business right i mean yeah. i think right now digital is front and center just in terms of whether small businesses uh, the way they operate or even even you know consumers the way they order and they procure things and so and so on so what were those fundamental changes that happened to your business as a result of covid and you know when you look at the future what are some of the plans that you have in terms of new products or expansion and so on so digital ad- adoption got a huge push thanks to covid right for example we being 75 80% of my, our revenue comes from the uh, e-commerce uh, digital world it obviously helped us a lot thanks to covid people started buying online one second in our space people started eating or people started looking at what they eat more closely than before yeah. thanks to covid right whether you call it immunity whether you call it different trends but more people started looking at what they were eating in our case when they are looking at what they were eating they could see a lot of stuff they could understand that is an opportunity for us that is the reason we prepond and launched farm to fork in, in in the midst of covid last year right so covid helped us acquire more consumers faster and one big stuff which we saw is pre covid we were purely a tier 1 city brand thanks to covid let's say a lot of bangaloreans went to the uh, worlds like chikmangalore and belgaum and and madurai and salem right suddenly we saw demand from those places coming mostly online when the online demand started their households their parent households where they went for work during lockdown started getting exposed to a brand like ours right which was not possible earlier okay and when the demand started you will be you will be surprised we got a retail store enquiry from asan soul right we wouldn't have thought about reaching a retail store in asan soul if not for covid right so so that helped going to tier 2 and tier 3 city got huge energy boost thanks to covid so one in the market side and second in the overall category side we got a huge boost and the products which we launched which i spoke to you right now of dosa makes or let's say we have right now launched a pongal uh, for tamil nadu okay thanks to we need to we need to go beyond chennai that means we need to have products for the bharat right so our our indian probably pre covid we were a western serial we were perceived to be western serial brand though we had many more products right now we have we have one one product for each state right we have we have one product for each state and that is thanks to uh, demand and new market uh, which which like came into existence thanks to covid awesome So this yeah. has been a fascinating conversation, uh, Shrijit. I mean, there's plenty of things that I've learned about the whole D2C business itself. Uh, and before we leave you, uh, any of your favorite books or podcasts uh, that you would recommend? So I'm I'm not a structured uh, I mean, learner. I go all over the place. Okay. 
so but again so i i for some reason i never got hooked on to fiction okay the kind of reading i do is more uh, business startup entrepreneurship or around around new age uh, uh, leadership principles and all those and i i follow uh, i mean i know that uh, when I, i'm part of a ctq compound which is run by one yeah. of uh, we had uh, you know, harish right yeah, yeah we had harish and ramanan on the podcast uh, earlier okay hi oh so so harish and uh, we work together in cognizant okay so okay. i know harish and, and so so they help us in 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 structuring my reading which was all over the place in last year they have helped us in structuring a bit and there so so i don't have any favorite authors i i i keep looking for recommendations thanks to twitter and thanks to people like harish who are like uh, mostly for readers so that's a kind of reading so so purely in the in the startup world and the food world so the food obviously and but there are not many structured books around food right so that's more blogs and and, and articles cool so it it's 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 more what internet throws at me <laughs> all right shrijit thank you so much again and uh, it was fun talking to you same here roshan thanks thanks yeah. for having me thanks a lot Thank you so much for listening. If you liked this episode, then don't forget to subscribe to us on your favorite platform and share this episode with all of your fellow startup operators. Also follow the startup operator on LinkedIn and Twitter for more updates. Stay safe, take care and see you soon on a brand new episode of the Startup Operator.